In early December, Kirk and Barbara Norman Lashley opened a joint art exhibit. They didn't know they were going to be sermon illustrations today, but thanks for coming anyway. They opened that art exhibit not at Barbara's Gallery downtown, but farther east at Community School's Liminal Art Space, Alternative Art Space. Liminal Alternative Art Space. This word liminal has kept popping up for me. Besides this local art gallery, I've seen the word in biblical commentaries, and it was a topic at a conference, and so I had to research it to understand what it means. It wasn't even in um, spell check in Microsoft Word. And you've probably learned that when something continues to pop up often, it's good to take notice. Well, the base meaning of liminal is threshold. It's the space between one thing and another. Imagine the threshold of a home where a new husband carries his new wife over from the former single life into a new life together. If you know C.S. Lewis's series, The Chronicle of Narnia, you can imagine the wardrobe and the forest as a liminal space between the old country house in England and the country of Narnia. Imagine Jesus still dripping from his baptism when he is driven, sent, not nudged by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. This wilderness is a 40-day threshold, a liminal space for him in between his early adulthood and his public ministry. Marilyn McCord Adams says this wilderness for Jesus is like a traditional rite of passage. He is singled out. Then he is taken for a proverbial length of time into a liminal space where old identities dissolve and new ones are forged before being thrust back into society to occupy a new role. I especially liked her phrase, where old identities dissolve and new ones are forged, because this also describes the season of hope, the season of Lent. It's easy to make homemade maple syrup, boil a cup of water, take it off the burner, then pour in a cup of sugar. This is not for you diabetics out there, or for my husband, who prefers Aunt Jemima to Aunt Donna. (laughs) Then you take a teaspoon of maple flavoring, and if you want, a little vanilla flavoring as well. Now, if you wait long enough, the sugar might dissolve by itself. I suspect it would, but if pancakes are on the near horizon, you take a spoon and you stir it. You stir the sugar into the hot water. Now, if you watch the sugar as you stir, you'll see that with time and action, its old identity dissolves and a new one is forged. As Jesus spent 40 days in his liminal wilderness, you and I have these 40 days of Lent to invite old identities to dissolve and new ones to be forged. Can you identify a liminal space in your lifetime 
where an old part of you dissolved and a new identity was formed. A stay in rehab could have this effect. A conference or a retreat might have cleansed you of a part of yourself you didn't like. Reflecting on the cutting words of a friend might have changed you. These liminal spaces are often uncomfortable because of the uncertainty of how the new identity will appear and feel. I think about seniors in high school or seniors in college, too, in a liminal space, not knowing what the next semester holds. Think about this congregation. It's in a liminal space. We have had several people leading the sanctuary choir and accompanying us while we search for a permanent minister of music. We are fortunate, very fortunate, to have a loyal choir who is devoted not just to a human music leader, but to renewing us with their ministry through music. Yet it's an uncertain time for them and for all of us. It's a liminal time where old identities are dissolved and new ones are forged. The congregation is in a liminal space whenever one leader steps down from a position and another takes his or her place. New leaders will have different energy and different ideas. And we wonder whether we will allow our new selves to emerge. Our manual of rules, our bylaws, is out of date and we are searching for a better way to organize our church governance. We have a new set of words describing us. It's on the front of your bulletin, loving God, exploring faith, serving others. And while it describes us now, it also describes a narrowed focus and a vision for who we want to be in the future. We have a community missions intern who has been helping us move outward into the community. And as his term wraps up, we will be learning how to receive this meaningful baton. We are in a liminal space, on a threshold between the past and the future, a situation that carries with it both anxiety and opportunity. In Genesis 9, after that world-destroying flood, God offers a new covenant to the remnant, the eight who remain, Noah and his family, but not just to them, but to all of creation. Never again will God destroy the earth by way of a flood, and the bow in the clouds will be God's reminder. Now you think about a bow, an arrow, as a weapon. But instead of that kind of bow, this is a sign of peace and a sign of hope and a sign of life. Noah is on the threshold of a new creation. His family, together, is on this threshold. Can you imagine his anxiety and his fear? And yet, can you also imagine the excitement of new opportunities? They have the chance to create the world with righteousness. That which led God to pull them through the flood. Now, 1 Peter 3 
talks about the suffering of Christ and relates it to our own. The suffering that he's talking about is not due to illness or inconvenience, but he's talking about the suffering that occurs due to persecution because we follow the Son of God. The way we follow Jesus puts us at odds with many people, both inside the religious world and outside of it. Whatever persecution we face, though, we do for Jesus, our Master and Savior. He certainly faced persecution on our behalf, but he also converted anxiety into opportunity. Whatever temptations happened in the wilderness, and Mark doesn't tell us, the other Gospels do, Matthew and Luke, Jesus came through them because he attended to God and God attended to him. One opportunity we have during Lent is to recognize our humanity. We mess up. We hurt people. We're not perfect. We can't do everything on our own. We can't be everybody's hero. Ronald Rollheiser wrote, We want to be a saint, but we also want to feel every sensation experienced by sinners. We want to be innocent and pure, but we also want to be experienced and taste all of life. We want to serve the poor and have a simple lifestyle, but we also want all the comforts of the rich. We want to have the depth afforded by solitude, but we also do not want to miss anything. We want to pray, but we also want to watch television, read, talk to friends, and go out. He wraps that up. It's a small wonder that life is often a trying enterprise and that we are often tired and pathologically overextended. What temptations are prominent for you today at the beginning of the season of Lent? Are you willing to wait until they pass? In 1970, Walter Mischel began an experiment that proved that kids who can wait for something do better in school. He would leave a four-year-old child in a room with a bell and a marshmallow. If the child rang the bell, Mischel would come back in and the child could eat the marshmallow. If the child waited for Mischel to come back in on his own, the child could have two marshmallows. In videos of the experiment, you can see the children squirming and kicking and hiding their eyes, desperately trying to exercise self-control so they could wait and get two marshmallows, four-year-olds. Some broke down and rang the bell within a minute. Others lasted 15 minutes. So this was a long-term experiment, and Mitchell found that the children who waited longer went on to get higher SAT scores. They got into better colleges and, on average, achieved more as adults. The children who rang the bell the quickest were more likely to become bullies. They received worse teacher and parental evaluations 10 years later and were more likely to have drug problems at age 32. 
Mitchell concluded that children may be taught that it pays to work toward the future instead of living for instant gratification. Is that true just for four-year-olds? Can that be said for us, that it pays to work toward the future instead of living for instant gratification? Can that be said for our congregation? Kirk and Barbara Lashley's exhibit was titled Downsizing, and it, he was t- it was titled by, according to an article in the paper, by Lemonol Gallery Director Brian Cunahan. Cunahan said, the title suggests the Lashley's stage in the life in their life as they plan to move into a smaller home. That's a liminal space, a threshold. And the question for us is, can we be satisfied in our liminal space? As we face our anxieties and fears, even while we're searching for the new opportunities that God presents to us, and even those opportunities may offer anxiety, and difficulty, and yet that bow in the clouds is a reminder to us that God has promised to accompany us in our temptations, in our fears, in our anxiety, and nudge us, perhaps even drive us toward hope and renewal. Let's thank God. Holy Creator, Holy Savior, we do thank you for all the opportunities that you provide for us, and we pray that you would help us to embrace them. Help us to not be driven or motivated by fear, but by courage, the courage that you have given us and the courage that we continue to see in Jesus Christ. It is with his strength, with his hope, and with his endurance and his ability to wait and love in the meantime that we pray together the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.